0: So I would like to just start by thanking God uh, for this opportunity, which I didn't quite expect, but it's, it's truly a very humbling moment for me personally, and it, it is so encouraging and such a privilege to be able to speak uh, to all of you today, to share what God is asking me to share with all of you, and hopefully the words which come out of my mouth will touch the souls of everybody here and later. So I praise God for this opportunity that he has given me. Uh, I've seen lots of preachers uh, kick off their preachers with a nice light joke or a kind of icebreaker, but I have to confess my sense of humor is very dry. So I'll give it a try, but I will just give you... uh, Actually, a real story, because a lot of people know me for my loud laughter. And many of my colleagues or people who know me from the past, they say, Daniel, when you laugh, it sounds like 100 chickens have laid the heck at the same time. And then some say, Daniel, when you come into the half-mile radius, we know you're around. So I do take that as a compliment. So that's my joke, by the way. (laughs) So, today, we're going to continue in our preaching series, which is God behind the scene, right there, on the book of Esther, chapter 4 and 5. If you were here last two Sundays, uh, Matt and Helena very nicely led us into the book of Esther for chapter 1, 2, 3, but I'm trying, I'm making an attempt to take it onwards from there. But I would like to start by just doing a quick rewind, if this works. Oh, it does. Uh, it's to see what all is going on in the book of Esther, chapter 1, 2, 3. So we clearly see there are banquets for, held by the king of Persia. There's Queen Vastis' refusal to come into the court as called by the king to demonstrate herself. Uh, Esther participates in the, in the beauty pageant. She becomes the new queen. Mordecai hears the guards plotting to kill the king and saves the king's life. Haman, who hates the Jews, uh, attains the highest position of power in the kingdom and also is able to influence the king to scheme, to enact a decree to kill the Jews, all the Jews, which is kind of today's full-scale genocide. And that's where we finish at that chapter 3. And what I would like to think is, while we see these things as visible from the front, let's reflect on what is going on behind the scenes. And this is the kind of whole narrative of the book of Esther is that God behind the scenes, even though we see God is invisible, but we can clearly see God is orchestrating Things in people's lives, in the circumstances, in the situations. God is using everybody around and how his plan is unfolding. And he is demonstrating his strength uh, and his purposes through that. And through that, Esther taking a bold step to participate into the pageant and becoming a queen. Mordecai gets the credit of saving the king's life. This was not planned, but this is behind the scenes God orchestrating. And all leading to a bigger purpose. And we'll see, and I don't want to steal the next few chapters in the book of Esther, but it's all about saving God's people, which are the Jews at the time, who are under threat now because the king has enacted a decree to kill all of them. So from this baseline, we try to go and see what the story tells us further in, 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 in chapter 4 and 5. So I'm going to just... I've. Chapter four and five, uh, there are lots of verses, but I try to just extract three key uh, sections from there, which I'm gonna just talk through and help us to reflect what God is saying to us through that. So let me read uh, verses one to three from chapter four of the book of Esther. When Mordecai learned all all that had been done, Mordecai tore his clothes and ashes. So what, I just want us to kind of reflect and, and see w- w- what is actually going on here in this passage. Uh, the way I see it, it's a major crisis, major crisis for the Jews. Uh, there is threat of life, there is uncertainty, there is no way out, there is desperation, there is crying, there is mourning, there is lamenting, so it seems like there is some similarity, there can be some similarity in our lives in, today, in today's day and age, where storms of life can come, disappointments can come. We can get overwhelmed by our circumstances. However, we, and also we can be attacked and persecuted, and we can feel very, very fearful, whatever may be going on. In those storms of life. But then the question is what can we do about it? So what should we do about it? Well we go to the most high God. We go to the source of all wisdom. The source of all the strength in this universe. We go to the creator of the heaven and earth. And we cry out Abba Father. Because he wants us to come to him. And we can surrender everything to him. We can trust Him, and we can have confidence in Him. While we are just saying this, we can have trust and confidence in Him, looking at this story for a moment. But there is so much more which God has declared in His Word. And I just want to read a few passages from the Word, from God's Word in Psalm 118, 5 to 7. It says, out of my distress, and this is the psalmist saying, out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. What a contrast as compared to the situation and the circumstances Jews are in, or we may be, but God's word is eternal. So we get our encouragement from God's word, which is powerful. It's a double-edged sword. It can change every situation. And so we see that this verse itself, going from distress to triumph, how good God's promises are. And God has declared it, and we can overcome, and we shall overcome every situation in our life. And let's read through the next verse, 10 in Isaiah 41. And God says from his own mouth, And lips, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Praise God. What a promise. I mean, I feel overwhelmed and I said, God is speaking this over us. We have nothing to fear. So what if the storms of life come in? We will stand firm on the truth. But God has declared, and this is where we get our confidence. This is where we can stand firm, we can step forward and receive whatever God has planned for us. Because nothing can change the course for what God has ordained. And this is what we see in this, chapter, in this book of Esther. God ordained all these things in the background. We don't see it in the front. And this is what happens sometimes in our lives when psalms hit, circumstances come, we don't see things like, God, what's going on? I don't understand. No, no, no. No, but we need to go back to the word of God and declare. Read what God has already declared. He has said it. He is the creator of the heavens and earth. And he is our most high God. And he loves us. And he has already ordained every moment of every of us sitting here, hearing this word or later. God knows all of it. Last week, And then Judith brought the word about, he knows you. He knows us. He knows every thought we think. He even can count the hairs on our head. He has ordained every step of our life. And so that is our source of strength and power. So I'll just swiftly move on to the next part of the book of Esther which is verses 12 to 17 in chapter four. And I'll just read, so sorry about it, it's a big long, but I'll break it down a little bit later. It says, and they told Mordecai what Esther had said. Now, just to give the context, before this, what has happened is, uh, Mordecai sent a copy of the king's decree about this being all the uh, Jews to be killed about their destruction, to Esther, who is the queen now, asking her to beg and plead the king for his favor so that they can be saved. And then Esther responds back saying, oh, well, if anybody goes into the court of the king without being called in, will be killed. That's the law. means, Esther says, I don't know what to do. It's not possible. Well, nobody can go into the courts of that king, otherwise you'll be killed. That's the law. So that's where we are in this verse. And then what happens? And they, and they told Mordecai what Esther had said. These are the king's eunuchs, which uh, serve as es, Queen Esther as well. And they are conveying messages between Esther and Mordecai. So they told Mordecai what Esther had said. Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther. Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace, you will escape any more than all the other Jews. But if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise from Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Quite strong words from Mordecai. And then he said, and who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom such, for such a time as this. Then Esther responds. And then Esther said, told them to reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa, this is the place where they are, and hold a fast on my behalf, and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king through, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away, and did everything as Esther had ordered him. So again. Let, let us uh, reflect what's what's going on here in this, in this passage. The way I see it. It's, 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 it's the boldness of Mordecai. He is literally speaking heavy words. And challenging Queen Esther in her position of power and influence. Literally shaking her up. You need to do the right thing. You need to go to the king to plead. And if you don't do, there are consequences. And if you don't do, God will find another way. But you will be in a bad situation, whatever. So it's a kind of challenging Esther. And calling her to do the right thing. And then God orchestrating to save the Jews in the background is happening as we speak and as the story unfolds, we'll see. So how do we, how do we relate this to our, to our lives now in this today, day, and age? Well, when we have the opportunity to do the right thing, what do we do? If we, if we see anything in our own lives, that we are not aligning and not glorifying God in any area of our life are we willing to take the step are we willing to challenge yourself just to do the right thing are we willing to confess it to somebody are we able are we willing to forgive the one person who we have, who has hurt us are we willing to take the step forward to to kind of help somebody who is maybe in in, in trouble so the, through those uh, examples, what, what, what else can we do is to, again, be bold and have confidence in God, responding by declaring His strength, and to abide in His truth and His love. Because through His power and strength, we can do all those things, even though in the physical in this weak flesh, sometimes we find it very hard, very weak, but if we go to God's word, we find that strength. So what does God, what does God say in this situation or these situations? Again, He protects and He strengthens, He saves and delivers. His promises always come to pass. And these are all declarations, as I'm quoting in behind these passages of Esther, are God's words, God's promises, God's declarations for us. And so we can hold on to that truth and then get the strength to do the right thing. So I will again just give some. References here. Oh, this doesn't work well. So, reading on to verses 24, 25 in Hebrews 10, it says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Again, it's all about standing up for each other, even challenging each other, even holding each other to be able to be the body of Christ as we have been called, to honor God in every area of our life, And sometimes we have to do, we have to say the hard things, but in a loving way, as Jesus has taught us. So here, what is Mordecai is trying to do the same thing with with Esther. He's challenging her, trying to open up her eyes and the eyes of her heart to see that it's a bigger purpose here. It's not just about her comfort. It's not just about her security in her palace. It's more about the bigger world. It's about God's people, God's chosen people, and God's heart and God's plan. So again, going into the next uh, similar kind of promise of God in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. What an amazing protection from God that the storms may come, things may go wrong, you may get bruised and hurt, but nothing can destroy you. Why? Because God created us in his own image. He has a purpose. He's got many things. We've got many things to see. What God has planned in our life, through our lives, and what other people will see in our life, what we do, it's again a big plan God has there. And we can't fathom it sometimes, but we need to continue to trust him Because He is with us, He is unfolding everything as we go along. I'd just like to share a personal testimony with regard to this this verse about all the affliction, the the despair. However, also reflecting that we will not be crushed, and we will not be forsaken, we will not be destroyed. Some of, some of you might know that uh, about a year and a half ago, I, I was watching TV with my wife in my home on a Saturday afternoon, a relaxing Saturday afternoon. And all of a sudden, I had a heart attack. I had very acute pain in the chest, all of a sudden. It took 45 minutes for the paramedics to appear. It was pandemic time. The target was seven minutes. It took about 45 minutes. And every minute, the pain was getting deeper. And obviously, me and my wife, especially my wife, was very, very worried and panicking. We didn't know what's, what's going to happen. We didn't know when the paramedics will turn up. Typical situation of uncertainty, an extreme situation. I have a heart condition. I had stents put in in 2010, so I knew something going wrong, which can, anything can happen. But, So on the visible side, as I was quoting in the book of Esther, what do we see? Well, obviously, as I said, my wife was most affected. Total uncertainty, fear, and desperation. But what is God's plan doing? What's God doing in the background? Well, I'm here is the testimony, right? (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. But above all that, what God has done is the prayer and support from Gateway Family. So many people stood up to help and support, especially my wife, because she was on her own. There's no family in Swindon. And that's what we are called to do, to help and support each other in times of need, in times of desperation. Sometimes we are strong, but others are weak. We need to hold and give, share our strength with them. And that's what, that's that, but that is part of God's plan, I believe. That's my belief. That's my faith. And ultimately, total success in the treatment. Everything went well. I had had to go through the double bypass surgery. Total healing and restoration. And hence, I'm standing here. Praise God. So how good our God is? That's a typical example. However, the storms of life do not end with one or two or three. They keep coming, isn't it? (laughs) They keep coming. But God's word and his strength and assurance is eternal. Again, testimony. Within one month of my heart attack, I was planning to go back to work. I was told my role has been made redundant. Me and my wife just bought a house four months ago at the time. I'm still recovering. I don't know how long it's going to take. I was trying to discuss, okay, my return to work. And they say, thank you very much. Your job has gone. Uncertainty, financial uncertainty. Oh dear, what are we going to do? How are we going to pay our mortgage? Threat to livelihood. But that's the visible thing. But God is working in behind the scenes. I couldn't see it at the time. So, how did God's plan unfold in that situation? Well, He provided me a much better job. Much better, 100 times better. A hundred times bigger organization. And you know what? It was so much, it is so much more than I was actually praying for. I didn't even expect it as possible. And God gave it to me. Praise God. He can do everything. He can give you more than you can even imagine and ask for. The board says so. His God has already declared it. And this is the testimony. I mean, I'm overwhelmed. I just don't know. how. Sometimes I can't comprehend what God is able to do and what God is doing. But this is true for all of us here. And this is where how we can have confidence in him. Nothing can steal the joy of the Lord from our life and the peace which he has given us. No storm can come and destroy the ship which God has made. God has made us in his own image. He will do whatever it takes to protect us. As long as we have a hungry heart to honor him. But he will never give up. Jesus never gave up. He went to the cross and died for us. So with that we may be saved. Right, I will swiftly move on. So the final part of uh book of Esther chapter 5, verse 1 to 8. I'll just read through. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace in front of the king's quarters while the king was sitting in his royal throne inside the throne room opposite the entrance of the palace. And when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court, she won favor in his sight and he held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Now, just to give you the context, the golden scepter was the only exception to the penalty of death if somebody enters the court of the king without him, them being called in. So just read through. We'll reflect on what God's doing there. Then Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. And the king said to her, What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you even to the half of my kingdom. And Esther said, If it pleases the king, let the king and Haman come in today into the feast. That I have prepared for the king. I won't read the rest of the story. Which probably you will have to come next Sunday again. To hear what it is. (laughs) But this is again part of God orchestrating things. So. What is happening here? Well. We see Esther being bold. We see Esther demonstrating her faith. Of walking into the court of the king, knowing that she probably will be killed, well the Lord said, the law of the land at the time said anybody walking in will be killed. But God is still working in the background. So again, what what how do we reflect the situation in our today's life? Well, what do we do when we have the opportunity to do the right thing? Are we able to take that bold step forward, having faith? in God that he's more than able beyond our comprehension and our situation more than what we can think. Things may seem like impossible, but if we trust God, do we trust God? Are we able to trust God in everything what comes through? Or is there some other mini gods we have created as security and things? So what, what is God saying? What is God doing in, in, in this situation? What's God's word saying? Well, He protects, He strengthens, He saves, He delivers, He promises, His promises always come to pass. We know that. It's all over the Bible. It's, it's like sometimes we we have no room of doubt. It's absolutely crisp and clear. If you read the Word of God, it shouts out aloud. I think for, sometimes it's like resonates so much. It should be absolutely clear to us. We have no excuse. Sorry, I'm challenging all of us here. We have no excuse of not doing the right thing because God has all given all the knowledge and information and the wisdom and have demonstrated to us through the lives of our dear ones around us and placed us in different seasons and places and situations. So I'm just going to reflect on some of the verses to support that. So in Isaiah 54, verse 17, no weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. That is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication from me declares the Lord. Another declaration from God. There is no weapon in this universe which has been fashioned that can actually succeed against you. So why should we fear? Why small little circumstances are able to steal our peace and joy? Well, we should block it. Why? How? Through the word. God has given us the weapon. We just need to use it I have to confess, I have stolen this verse from <laughs> day before yesterday. I think two, three days ago, I was watching uh, while reading the verse of the day from the U version Bible app. I was, I follow. Very powerful, and this is the time when I was trying to prepare for the pre- I said, "Wow, this is this is so powerful! I really wanted to share." Praise God, I'm I will be sharing with you. And it's, 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 it's this verse which I'm going to read in a moment is is from the psalm, and it's about. They call it the truth and response verse. So let's read this. And it says, this is is David praising God in the times of trouble. This is when the king Saul is trying to search him and trying to kill him. It's in those moments where he's having to hide somewhere. Because his life is is in danger. So what is he saying? He's saying, but I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. For you have been my fortress and a refuge in the day of my distress. Now, while in distress, David is still re- singing to God. He's still praising God. Well, why is he doing that? Because, because he knows he gets his strength from, from God. Because God is his fortress and his refuge. And his safe place to go when he is in danger. And he he says God's love is more than enough. To overcome all that situation for him. So God is the same for you and I today as well. Not just for David. Because of God's strength he is able to be our refuge. Today. And because of his steadfast love, he wants us to be. He wants to be our safe place. Therefore, we can continue to praise him for his protection and his love, even in the times of trouble. And we when we praise him, we're actually declaring God's protection over that situation, over that circumstance, which we sometimes feel is impossible to overcome. So that's my encouragement to, to reflect. On these verses in that way. I'm just looking at the watch now. So I'll quickly summarize what I've been trying to share with you guys from these three passages. Is while we read these passages and hear what God is saying, again, what can we do about it? Well, we can have confidence in God in every situation of our life. And do what? To reach out to Him. To surrender all to Him. To allow Him to take control rather than we trying to fix our life and fix this world. Because if we try to do that, we'll be toiling all our life and we'll not get anywhere. We can trust in Him. We can wait for His time. And that's a big challenge for us because we, we, sometimes we know God is more than able, but we want everything now. But God has a bigger plan. God's timeline is much wider, much deeper, more than we can understand and fathom. And again, what do we do? We keep doing the right thing. Starting with praising him because he has done it all. Jesus has already died for our sins. Our sins have been forgiven. We have been washed clean. He has already given his righteousness to us. He has promised eternal life. We are equal as in the kingdom of heaven. It should be simple, isn't it? But life can better us. I mean, we, Let's not kid ourselves. Life can throw lots of stuff which can sometimes, or circumstances can discourage us, push us down, sometimes even blind us. But again, we have a place where to go. To the safe place. To God's word. But why? Why? Because God is truly present with us. He's our refuge and our strength. He's always at work. His God is always working. All his plans will always come to pass. He has guaranteed victory over sin and death. He keeps all his promises. Forgiveness of our sins and eternal life. He always uses us so others can see that he is at work. He always uses others so we can see that he's working. He's always on he's on the throne. He is the Almighty God. So we have so many reasons to have confidence in Him. Again, we have no excuse, brothers and sisters. And this is not to kind of rebuke anybody, but this is a, there is a subtle encouragement and welcome here in this message. So what is God saying to you today? each one of us I would I would ask you guys to just think in your heart think how does this relate to me to you to you, to your, one of your family members or your family or your, somebody you love and care and my appeal is to all of you, all of us even if you are in, in part of the group of people who may not know God at all. Maybe you just heard or never knew God or you have lost hope totally because of whatever has been going on in your life or you do not understand things. Life is empty. Situation is impossible. Or you are part of the group of people who have heard but they are seeking. You are seeking God and you want to know. And you want to know more about God. And you can hear the wisdom Whisper God whispering, but you can't see things clearly. You can't understand. Or you're part of that group who already knows God, who have seen, who have received Jesus in their life, who have received the revelation of the truth. Or if you're hungry for more, you want to be more like Jesus to fulfill God's purposes in your daily life. If you fall in any of those groups, it doesn't matter where you, which group you're in. The welcome is the same. The message is the same. What we are called to do is exactly the same in whichever situation we are in. So be confident and have faith to come to the most high God, as I said before, the one who created you, the creator of heaven and earth. Well, the heavenly father is actually desperately waiting with his open arms to welcome you and embrace you if you never had that opportunity. To feel that love, abounding, everlasting, steadfast love, which God is waiting to just shower upon you. Believe me, he's desperate to do that. Jesus is knocking. He's knocking and waiting. All you need to do is to open the door of your heart and let him come in. Let him lead you. He will make your path straight. He will take away all your burdens and heaviness and pain. Well, he did it. He's done it already. You, can, you know Jesus? He's died on the cross for our sins. Well, I would say humbly, brothers and sisters, ah, just if you don't know Jesus, come and taste how sweet the Lord Jesus is. Believe me. He's full of compassion, full of mercy, grace, deep love. He comforts, heals, restores. He will fill you with his spirit and peace and joy forever. And finally, don't wait any longer. Every minute, every hour, every day, every week, every month of your life is very, very precious. Don't let it go waste. God is just waiting to unfold his plans and all his gifts which he has lined up for you. You just need to take the step forward. And that's our responsibility. While God has declared the truth and revelation to us, we are called to take the step forward because all those gifts are lined up already. But what we sometimes don't do, is we just sit there and wait for things to happen. No, we need to have faith and confidence in God and take the right step forward. God will do the rest, believe me. i would have to cut short a little bit now because the time is ticking. Uh, I would request the band if they can come. John and team, please. Uh, Well, the band is coming. Again, the last bit which I wanted to say is most of the things I recently said are more applicable to people who do not know Jesus, who have not taken that step of faith, who have not yet crossed the bridge, crossed that line into trusting God and totally... But there may be people who already have heard about Jesus and know him and have received the revelation, understood the gospel, Or some of us may think, oh, my life is sorted, I'm happy. But let me tell you, brothers and sisters, God's goodness is unlimited. It's unmeasurable. It's never-ending. It's ever-flowing. So we can be more expectant. We can ask for more. God is willing and waiting to give you even more than what you think you already have and it's maybe sufficient in your eyes. But God will surprise you how much more precious gifts he's got as long as you take that right step. So I, I, I would really request if you feel any of these situations, circumstances relate to your life or if you think God is saying something to you through his word, or if not just for you, it could be for somebody else in your family. It could be another friend of yours who may be struggling or who may be still in not sure what to do with their life. Or it could be anybody else in the community, your neighbor. Please come forward. I tell you, as we say every week, every Sunday, is there is something about taking the step forward, which is what the message is today. Taking that step forward in confidence and in faith. And the physical manifestation of our movement can shake the foundations of the darkness. But not in our strength, in His strength, we shall overcome. Why and how? Because God says so. So please, I invite every one of you, every one of you, no matter where you are in your, in your life, you, even if you think you're all sorted, praise God for that, but there's more. There's more. So please come forward, and there will be prayer team to pray for you if you have any specific situations. But if you come forward, you can just soak it all in. Just feel the gentle breeze of God's presence. Feel the sweet fragrance of the Holy Spirit which is all around you, all around us, and just cherish that. Just cherish and soak it all up in. So I really encourage, come forward. And if you do not know Jesus, if you have not given your life to Jesus, and you have any situation, deeper situation, you would like to discuss with anybody please approach any of our elders here Nigel, Colin, other leaders or myself we will be willing to talk to you more and share more of God's heart with you I've requested John to on a song which might put the icing on the cake That's another poor joke anyway. Uh, And just finally, uh, I would like to just say a prayer. But again, I would like to read a verse as a prayer. You allow me which is num- from ch- uh, Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In all your circumstances, in all your situations, in all the storms of your life, and all the successes as well all the good things God is doing in your life, all the gifts he has given to you, all the blessings he has given to you. And let's not forget, all those blessings and gifts are not just for us to keep. <laughs> we are meant to share it. The more we share, the more God gives us. And we should be that overflowing spring to keep sharing, keep giving, keep holding, keep serving, keep helping, keep building. Keep praying. It's not for us to keep. We are just good stewards of the good things God has given us. So I encourage you to do that in your life and reflect and see what God is doing. But I pray that God will give you more opportunities to do the right thing. Amen.